Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Travel Safely is presented by Applied Information, creator of the Travel Safely smartphone app. Welcome everyone to this special edition of Travel Safely, the business talk show bringing you the latest in innovation from transportation, technology, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Brian Mulligan. Coming today via Zoom, this new world that we're living in of not doing so much face-to-face stuff, but doing everything remotely. Our show is brought to you today by Applied Information, a technology company here in Gwinnett. We're faced with very difficult and uncertain times, and to help us understand how this is affecting the tracking industry, welcome today, Rebecca Brewster, the President and Chief Operating Officer of the American Transportation Research Institute, or ATRI. This is the tracking industry's not-for-profit research organization whose mission is to research and improve the tracking industry's safety and productivity. So welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here today. Even if we're doing this remotely, it's good to be with you. Before we get into uh, some other stuff about congestion, talk about yourselves. Everybody's staying safe and healthy in your organization. And how has COVID-19 affected your research programs and things like that? Well, it's been interesting for uh, our research staff at ATRI. We're located, we've got offices here in Atlanta, in Sacramento, in Minneapolis, and in the hotspot, New York City. And so everyone is working remotely from home. Everyone is safe and healthy, and, and we're going to keep it that way. But it is it, it creates some challenges because it is a different dynamic when everyone's working from home. But thanks to uh, technology, we're able to connect virtually and stay in touch regularly and keep the research moving forward. Well, that, that's great. That segues into um, some research that you guys have just published. Uh, and I was quite interested looking at the, at the two-pager that you've produced, the congestion costs to the economy, the business about bottlenecks and the nation's top track bottlenecks in 2020. We will provide a link to that. But talk to us. That, this sounds like just a couple of comparatively few spots are creating massive bottlenecks for your tracking industry. How, how has this all come to be? Well, uh, for nearly two decades now, ATRI has been collecting truck GPS data. We have a data set now that is comprised of over a million heavy-duty commercial vehicles. And that data comes into us in real time. And we're able to do a whole host of analyses. But for this particular research, what we call our top truck bottleneck list, we monitor congestion at 300 locations around the U.S., places that are very freight-significant, freight-important locations. And each year, we take a year's worth of GPS data. We look at how many trucks are impacted at each of those 300 locations, as well as what truck speeds are across a full year at those 300 locations. And so it's a, it's a measure of speed and volume. And of those 300 locations, the ones that have the worst congestion that is impacting the most number of trucks become our top 100 list. And so in February, we released the 2020 list. The number one location for now the second year in a row was in Fort Lee, New Jersey. It's actually where the George Washington Bridge that connects New York and New Jersey comes off on the New Jersey side. And it is just a traffic nightmare for folks. But but closer to home here in Atlanta, we had the number two location on the list. So the second worst truck bottleneck in the country is right at Spaghetti Junction. And Mm. we have seven of the top 100 truck bottlenecks in the Atlanta area. And three of them are in the top 10. So we are certainly no strangers to congestion here in Atlanta. And as I always tell people, although this data is sourced from commercial vehicles, 
if trucks are going this slowly, the cars in that traffic stream are going that slowly as well. So it really is everyone's problem, although we're measuring it using truck data. Do you, do you guys make recommendations about what should be done about it? Because we're not a lobbying organization, we don't advocate for anything, but certainly the goal of our research is to inform public policy and, and decision-making. And when you can use an extremely robust data set like ATRE's GPS data set to really hone in on where the problems are, the goal is to use that data to make decisions on where state departments of transportation and where the federal government should put its resources to fix these problems. And we've seen that bear out, Brian. We have a uh, location number eight on our list in Chicago, uh, the Burn Interchange, it's called. It used to be called the Circle Interchange. Was the number one location on our list for three years in a row to the point where the state of Illinois decided they were going to do something about it. So they commissioned a redesign study and subsequently have been rebuilding that interchange with a primary goal of eliminating the truck bottleneck there. Okay, so in other words, there's potential to actually do something about that and and potentially the idea of track-only lanes and uh, things like that, giving respect to the tracking industry and how it's the the lifeblood of our economy. I mean, I've often heard said in Atlanta that, yes, the the traffic is terrible in Atlanta and the heavy trucks and so forth, but that's a consequence of the economy doing well. If the economy wasn't doing well, then we wouldn't have the traffic. That, that's right. And, and people sometimes miss that point that, that seems obvious to us in the trucking industry, but we're not out there in congestion because we like to sit stuck in traffic. We're out there and it's congested in locations where there's high population densities, where there are a lot of people, and with a lot of people comes a lot of demand for all the goods that are brought on trucking uh, on trucks you know, 70 plus percent of the nation's freight is delivered by truck. And so we always say, if you got it, a truck brought it. And everybody working from home can look around your living room and uh, your family room and everything you see was at one point in its life on a truck. Yeah. And and it would seem to me that, you know, as we're moving away from the old ways of delivering stuff with the mail and, and, and so forth to the new way of distribution and sort of low friction delivery. Are, are the actual tracking numbers in absolute terms just going up and up and up? The number of trucks on the road and then demand for trucking? Certainly the demand for trucking is is on the increase, but but where that demand occurs and the types of vehicles that are being used has changed as we've seen this tremendous growth in e-commerce. I mean certainly those last mile deliveries are, are on the rise. And, you know, nowhere is that more evident than now during COVID-19 when we're all stuck at home and ordering and having as many things delivered to us at home as we possibly can. You know, we still have to deliver things by vehicle and by truck, but certainly how those goods get to us, it, it's a little different now than it used to be. Yeah, for a research organization, I would think that this is Aside from the human tragedy of it all, this is an interesting research study. I mean, what does it? What happens to the tracking industry if the tracking industry has the same demand, more or less, that it's always had, but they're fifty percent fewer private vehicles or whatever the number is? Are you noticing a radical difference in congestion spots and bottlenecks and things like that? You know, in the oh, last week or two. Absolutely. So we we had heard anecdotally from a lot of our trucking friends our professional driver friends, that they were seeing less congestion. So we wanted to test that out with our truck GPS data set. And so we looked at several locations around the country, including Spaghetti Junction, 
And we looked at three years worth of data, the third week in March from 2018, 2019, and now 2020. And Brian, the changes have been incredible. So at Spaghetti Junction, afternoon rush hour, 4 to 6 p.m., truck speeds are averaging typically 14 to 15 miles per hour. The third week in March of this year, with everyone sheltering in place, truck speeds were averaging 53 miles per hour, so nearly wow. up to the posted speed limit. An incredible wow. change, incredible change. And what surprised us was, you think of you know the biggest hotspot, New York City. Well, we monitor congestion on a section of I-495 in Queens, so in, in the thick of it all. And there, again, we saw tremendous changes in the afternoon rush hour. But surprisingly, well, actually, there we looked at the morning rush hour because that's worse. Surprisingly, even in the COVID-19, everyone stay at home, truck speeds were still just 38 miles per hour. They were better than the 16 they generally averaged during rush hour, but they were still 38 miles per hour, which means those trucks were sharing the road with a lot of cars still during the third week of March. We'll talk more about the uh, COVID-19 impact on the tracking industry and what that's meant to to the people who deliver our freight. But, but before we get into that, you know, historically the tracking industry has been saying that there's just a huge driver shortage. Is that still the case? Where, where, what is it, where does that stand at the moment? Well, certainly we, uh, before the COVID-19, were experiencing a tremendous driver shortage. Projections from the American Trucking Associations were that we are currently about 60,000 drivers short, primarily focused in the over the road sector of the industry. But without any relief in sight, those numbers were going to grow over 100,000 drivers needed in the out years, five to 10 years. Well, I think we still have that shortage. It's not as if we've suddenly filled a bunch of seats, but it's interesting because as we see tragically under this COVID-19 world that we're living in now, unemployment claims going up tremendously. Mm. Here is an industry in the trucking industry that's still operating, still has good paying jobs, and provides a lot of stability, as people see, because not only in the good times, but in the bad times, people still need to have everything that comes on a truck. Well, that's insightful. So, uh, yeah, folks consider a, a career in the, in, in the trucking industry. Have you seen a reduction in, in accidents in this period of comparatively fewer cars on the road? Tragically, with, with crash data, it's, it's too soon to tell because we don't have the data yet. But I will tell you that in other research we've done, Brian, when we've looked at crash involvement uh, for large commercial vehicles, it certainly does tend to spike during the rush hour periods. Now, generally, that's because trucks are sharing the road with more vehicles. And so, you know, the hypothesis is if that is the case, if the trucks are sharing the road with fewer vehicles, you're going to see fewer crashes. So the data will tell us when we have the data available, but, but that would be the hypothesis. Okay. After the break, what we're going to do is talk about COVID-19 and how that's uh, affecting the tracking industry. And plus, talk about a survey that you uh, have sent out to your drivers and looking for some feedback from your drivers. But first, let's have 30 seconds with Sarah. This is your 30 seconds with Sarah. In an apparent move against current trends, the Honda Fit, also known as the Honda Jazz worldwide, has ripped out the touchscreen interface from its newest model and reverted back to physical controls. It joins the Mazda 3 and the Civic in the move to make auto controls more intuitive, easier to use, and less distracting. This is in sharp contrast, of course, to the current tendency to put bigger and bigger touchscreens in cars, 
hiding even the climate controls behind menus and layers, which would force a user to look away from the road. It'll be interesting to see if other auto manufacturers will follow suit, or if we'll just keep getting bigger touchscreens. Back to you, Brian. Thanks, Sarah. In case you're just joining us, this is Travel Safety with Brian Mulligan, how to save lives and improve the traffic using technology. With our guest, Rebecca Brewster, President and Chief Operating Officer of the American Transportation Research Institute. We're talking about how the tracking industry is responding to the crisis that's caused by the COVID-19. Rebecca, how's, how's this world over the last couple of weeks affected the tracking industry? You know, there are several things. When, when, I, when we look back on this, there's going to be so much to analyze. But I think one of the, the things that jumps out to me the most is how gratifying it is for us who have been in the truck industry our whole careers to see the positive light being shown on the, on the men and women who drive trucks because you know when you go to the store and you count on there being paper towels and toilet paper and food and you start to understand that that's only going to be there if truck drivers can get through and make those deliveries it really is highlighting the critical role they play in in this nation and you know across the country we've seen stories of uh, people standing out on roads with signs thanking truck drivers and, and providing lunches to truck drivers. Because one of the issues we're facing, Brian, is the closure of a lot of places where drivers can park and eat. So as we've seen states close dine-in restaurants, mm. that impacts truck drivers because, you know, you and I might be able to pull up to a Chick-fil-A drive through but an 18-wheeler cannot pull up to a Chick-fil-A drive through Wow, that's a great point. So we've seen states that have closed their public rest areas because they don't have the employees to send out to clean them. And they did so in the interest of protecting their employees. But then when you realize that the truck drivers have to have those rest areas to pull over to use the facilities and to get their rest, the trucking industry has made an appeal to those states to reopen those facilities and keep those restrooms clean. If there's one thing we're all hearing is you've got to wash your hands. And so let's provide people who are delivering all of our goods, a place to wash their, use the facilities and wash their hands. You know, at the federal level, we're seeing a temporary exemption or allowance that the Federal Highway Administration just granted for food trucks to be able to park and operate at rest areas, at public state-owned rest areas along the interstate system. That's typically not allowed because it's in competition with truck stops and travel plazas and others. But again, as so many places are closed and not available for drivers to get food, the Federal Highway Administration is instructing states to allow food trucks and food truck vendors to operate at those public rest areas to provide an, another option for drivers to get food as they go about keeping our supply chain moving. Well, I mean, there's all these kinds of implications that as Joe Public, you just don't realize that these trackers are actually dealing with a very difficult environment. And, you know, if you see anybody complain, oh, well, my local store is out of toilet paper, or maybe the, the vegetables weren't quite as fresh as they were. I mean, what I call hashtag first world problems. Right. But, uh, but uh, nonetheless, the trackers are bearing the, the brunt of a lot of these closures. You, you mentioned that you were putting out a survey to the trackers. What, what are you looking to survey from the trackers? So uh, in partnership with what's called the Owner Operator Independent Driver Association or OIDA, uh, we have, Atre and OIDA have launched a survey targeted to drivers and trucking fleets to really quantify what impacts they're experiencing in this COVID-19 world. So things like, is parking easier or more challenging to find? What are some changes you'd like to see going forward at the state regulatory level, things like this issue of closing public rest areas. 
what are some things that the federal government could do differently to, to make sure that in the future we don't have a situation where we have to reactively go to states and say, please open your rest areas for the drivers. For instance, a very important piece of this came when the Department of Homeland Security deemed transportation workers as essential workers, essential infrastructure workers, so that they can keep working. So it's not just the professional drivers who are driving, but it's dispatchers and everyone at the trucking company in the back office who are making sure that those drivers get their loads and get down the road. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to this. And as you were speaking, I was just doing some mental arithmetic because I was coming back to uh, your, your very nice two-pager on congestion costs to the economy and, and just how powerful it, it is. In other words, then here you've got that there's a $75 billion annual cost to the trucking industry. Well, interesting, that's all passed on to the consumer. It is. It is. So the trucking industry is traditionally an industry with very small margins. So, you know, in layman's terms, profit. And in the trucking industry, it's very low. It's typically less than 5%. And so we are not in a position in the industry to absorb that tremendous cost of congestion. And so ultimately it gets passed, it gets built into the cost of transportation and passed on to the consumer and the price of goods. It's going to be very interesting when we look back at the data from 2020, when we have a full year's worth of data to really see how those numbers change. Things like our bottleneck list, when we see Spaghetti Junction is number two, but now we know that speeds are averaging 53 miles per hour, you know, what does that do in terms of moving the, the needle on these most congested locations? Well, I, and I did some mental arithmetic, I think I'm right, but that's approximately the additional cost of $200 for every man, woman, and child who lives in America. Right. I mean, so, hey, this just took $200 out of my pocket. I think I'm, I, I think I'm paying a lot more attention. Uh, <laughs> You're the, feeling the, the pain the, now. So. The, yeah, I certainly am. And that's something that we don't really consider in, in some of these more abstract things. You know, I hear a number like $75 billion, but when you spread that cost over 300 million Americans, it's a substantial cost per person that's just paid for in the additional cost of the goods and, and services that everybody buys. Well, and, you know, people don't think about the trucking industry, and I get that. We just assume our store shelves are going to be supplied, our hospitals are going to have what they need, there's going to be fuel at the gas station. But, you know, sometimes people will say when they're dealing with congestion, I wish those trucks would just go at night, deliver at night. Well, you know, we wish we could travel at less congested times as well, but it all depends on the customer. We have to have someone to unload or load that vehicle up when we get there. And you know, not everybody operates on a 24-7 cycle. And so, you know, we're doing what the supply chain demands of us. And no right. time has this become more evident than during this COVID-19 when we're here delivering everything that everybody needs to get through this situation. I'd just like to applaud you guys and the whole industry for what you're doing to keep us at a level of normalcy during the, this crazy time. So, Rebecca, I'd like to thank you and to thank you all for listening to Travel Safely, brought to you by Applied Information, the show about transportation technology and entrepreneurship. Today, we're talking to the trucking industry with Rebecca Brewster, President and Chief Operating Officer of the American Transportation Research Institute, based in Marietta, Georgia. Rebecca, thanks for all you do and for all the people working in the trucking industry, helping make Georgia and the world a better place. Thanks, Brian. Until, ne until next time, this is Brian Mulligan signing off from Business Radio X and travel safely.